Howdy, neighbors. Ron Hayes with you today, and this is another Ag Perspectives podcast. Our guest today is Dr. Brett Carver, the head of the Oklahoma State University Wheat Improvement Team and the lead wheat breeder and uh, leading up the genetics research program at OSU in the wheat arena. Dr. Carver is considered one of the premier wheat breeders in all of North America and even globally. Dr. Carver joining us today to talk about where we stand with the wheat breeding program right now. He reviews the 2021 wheat growing season, what he saw out of the OSU wheat varieties, and what's in the pipeline, what's coming up down the road. Maybe first of all, maybe a quick recap on what you saw out of the OSU varieties here in the 2021 harvest. We saw what pretty much what we expected in terms of their reaction to the diseases that we we spent a lot of time and a lot of effort uh, in preparing those varieties, and there there were some you know odd things that happened with the freeze uh, in April, uh, more of that freeze than the February freeze, but uh, for the most part I I really feel good about the overall canopy hygiene that we have in our genetics moving forward. I feel pretty confident. You mentioned that uh, it's kind of unusual to see that double hit of. Uh, both uh, leaf rust and in the stripe rust later on. Oh yeah, it's it's usually one or the other, um, and sometimes uh, if if you have one and the other one comes in, you can't really see the effect of it because you know the the, the leaves are dead from the first one. But we were able to see a lot of uh, uh, resistance in our germplasm so that we could get a good look at both diseases, you know, and and not just one place either. This is what the amazing thing was. It, I, I there were there were not enough days in May. To really go see everything you really needed to see, so you you kind of had to you know pick your battles, and and uh, I did that, and took as as all the time I could take to canvas this program from top to bottom, because you really need that. Uh, you know, we may not have another chance like that for three four years. You know, some of that front line set of uh, of uh, varieties that are kind of that face of OSU wheat breeding right now at the moment. Uh, what Greenhammer showdown? What I guess what? Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, the the Strad as well. Yeah, that and those that you mentioned. I mean, other than the leaf rust susceptibility of, of showdown, uh, they all have one thing in common, and that's a good canopy hygiene. And the one that really tops them all, and we didn't mention it just now, but I'll mention it, and that is big country. Uh, that, is, that is one fine, beautiful canopy. The only disease it has a problem with would be barley yellow dwarf, which is pretty common in the germplasm anyway. Uh, but it handles all the leaf spotters, the leaf rust, stripe rust, even stem rust, which we don't see, um, very well. So that, that canopy stays healthy until the very end. You'll have uh, heads turning color and looking like they're mature, and the canopy is still green. That's fuel for that developing uh, grain. Canopy, canopy health, that's something I, I haven't really heard that term necessarily before. Yeah, canopy health or canopy hygiene. Uh, you know, we, gosh, it's, it's probably the, the one trait that I put more data into uh, than anything else. Maybe, maybe quality is up there with it, but, right. but uh, you know, you just take whatever you can get. And it may just be one location in Oklahoma in a, in a given year, but this year it was several locations where we could look at canopy health whether it's barley yellow dwarf influenced or stripe rust influence or leaf rust influence or all three and of course uh, those those varieties we kind of mentioned they they were kind of standouts on yield too yeah uh, you know it, it helps to have a good health in the canopy 
You know, there's no doubt about it. If you, if you have that, you may be able to cut out the cost of a fungicide and still get to those high yields. Now, that's, that's, a, that's a double win situation. You know, you've got a lot of things in the pipeline right now. You, you mentioned several things uh, in this presentation today. Uh, you're, you're, you're super strong. Super strong. Uh, th- that concept is, is interesting. Yeah, and it's, it's not a new concept. It's just not a very tried concept. Uh, and I think we need to try it more often. Uh, the, the one variety that stands out in the past that, that would have featured this uh, high strength was Snowmass, a hard white wheat from Colorado State. And we simply took that genetics from Snowmass and put it into our genetics in Oklahoma. Uh, Gallagher, to begin with, we actually tried some other backgrounds I didn't mention today, but Gallagher and the OK10130 seem to stand out the most in terms of giving us that yield bump, but also giving us that super strength in the dough, which I think is going to be a big, uh, have a, be a big force in the milling and baking industry. You've got, what, two or three uh, experimentals that are getting close that you're wanting to, to roll out. Yeah, uh, we have three. And, it, it, you know, as far as a breeder is concerned, that guy's pretty convinced. You know, <laughs> now I need to convince the administration. And the weed improvement team, of course, Bob Hunger is leaving us, but he has seen that material, and he's, he stands behind it. Amanda has seen it, and she's standing behind it. it it's, it's just a matter of time of getting the seed production up. We actually had one a couple years ago that we had on their foundation seed increase. And uh, we would have been talking about this two years ago. But our foundation seed, the, the seed that we provided the foundation seed was contaminated. And so it's kind of disappointing, you know, we, 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 we pushed the clock back two years. But looking back, maybe that was a blessing because I don't think that was our best shot at this super strong tra- trait. I think we have a better agronomic background than the ones we're coming out with now. We just don't have as much seed. So, you know, what's your dream? What's your vision? How how does this fit into our our production here in our state and and the ability to market it? Well, of course, the ability to market depends on how much the market wants it. Uh, I'm told there's a 25 million bushel demand uh, for this kind of genetics where you have that kind of strength in the dough plus, of course, the agronomic ability. That's a pretty big draw, you know, out of our crop. And so we we don't have the genetics right now at all to meet that. So that's a complete void that I think we can begin to meet uh, next year and the years following. And we just need to see how this plays out. But we certainly have the capability of moving that trait throughout our breeding program. It's in a very isolated spot right now. You know, it's those two backgrounds that I mentioned. But we can move that around, and we've already started to move it around in preparation for the day in which the industry sees, okay, this has some real value in a frozen dough uh, a bread dough, a pizza dough, especially uh, all those doughs that uh, you know require a certain level of strength that you may not get from the commodity crop itself. And this is something that you probably an ID preserve type. In other words, you would you would uh, keep it segregated and, and market it accordingly. Definitely, the last thing we want to do is see that grain go to the elevator and just get blended with everything else. That's not the time to blend it. <laughs> the time to blend it is after the farmer. And the miller, and those points along the supply chain to reap the value of it, and then you know at the right time in the baking process or the milling process for that matter, uh, blended that at that time. You were also pretty excited about uh, where we're going with Clearfield technology. Oh yeah, uh, no doubt about it. I, I mentioned this today. Clearfield germplasm overall, our greatest strength. We just need to spread that love a little bit more. 
in our breeding program. So we'll do that using the Clearfield trait as always. Uh, I think we've had a lot of success there, but we can also spread the background that was used to produce the Clearfield trait. Uh, use that background now in, in a non-Clearfield genetic line. So now we're talking about the possibility of a double stop derivative that doesn't have the trait in one case, but it may have it in another. Farmers are going to have to really be careful, know which one has the trait and which one does not. So they'll, they'll have some additional choices as far as that, that particular germplasm. Right. We don't normally talk about a double stop choice without the double stop clear field trait. Now we can talk about that. So you said, what, a couple of years down the road? Oh, uh, I, I would like to, and I, I can't nail it down right now. You can ask me in two weeks. But <laughs> I, I really think we have something this year to, to move forward with in the foundation seed production. But we'll have a choice from now for the next three years. The same kind of choice. So if we don't get it right this year, we'll come back next year. You uh, also kind of gave an update to our producers uh, regarding coaxium. Yeah, and that's that's the really exciting part of uh, wheat breeding in the Great Plains right now. Uh, we're not there in terms of having a, a commercialized product available, but I think we're well on our way now. Uh, that Those wheels are turning. So it's just a matter of time. Doing the selection in the field, we had the starter germplasm, no doubt about it, we had the germplasm, now we just need to select the best for Oklahoma, for the milling and baking industry, and also with the right herbicide tolerance working with Dr. Mania Cherry on that end, and at the same time increase that seed. So three years, I think, is the minimum for us to do that, to do it right. And, and so that's, of course, this is the technology that's really come out of Colorado State. That's right. That's right. The trait was invented there at Colorado State, and it's being uh, perpetuated uh, through licensing. I, and, I, and I should say this, OGI has not decided to license directly from that pool of germplasm. They're going to play the waiting game to see what comes out of Oklahoma State. They may not, you know, I don't know, next year may be different, but right now they've decided to play the waiting game to see what comes out of Oklahoma State. Right. So, you know, kind of th- throw that vision out there for a moment. What, what, do you, what are you hearing from producers that they really like about What's going on right now with the wheat improvement team and your your breeding efforts? What what are you going to try to address? What you know? How, how do you address what you're hearing? Well, I I I think that the key word here is comprehensive. You know, we have a lot of things to deal with in Oklahoma from an agronomic standpoint, but also meet the quality demands. And I want us to and I want us to be the best we can be in all those areas. I don't want to just be good at one of them. So uh, those areas are those areas are strength in the field and strength in the bakery. You know, it, it, it's not good to me. It's not acceptable to me to be really good at one and uh, so-so in another. We want to be good at all those because I think it's genetically possible. And, you know, plant breeding is one of those things. Is, is you get out of it what you put into it. So if you put that effort into it, and I think we can with the total effort we have at Oklahoma State through the weed improvement team, I think we can get it out. I think we've already shown that. Finally, you know, when you look at the kind of the big picture of all the choices that a farmer has these days, it seems like there's more choices today than, I mean, what, you know, five or ten years ago. It just, it's almost mind-boggling. It really is. I, it's hard for me to keep up with it. And, uh, and so I can't imagine what it's like uh, in the field. You know, Lahoma had something like 55 varieties in the variety trial there this past year. I, I've got to believe that number is going to grow even more, uh, which is good. Now the farmer has a lot of different choices to, to, uh, to 
to help his or her operation. And, that, and that's the good part of it. Uh, some of those choices aren't available, however, to the breeder. So, you know, we don't have 55 choices uh, to make. We, we, we don't have access to that genetics. But, but still, we have access to a, a good chunk of it. So I think our overall picture has improved in terms of the germplasm diversity that we can draw upon. We have to be able to, de- to develop and nurture that diversity within our own program, but to be able to go outside, I think is really going to be important to our long-term future. So how, how does a farmer really, how, how, do they, how do they choose these days with that, that many choices? Well, hopefully, and they're looking at some of the data that I'm looking at. You know, and some of that data is, is produced, of course, through our extension service. Uh, and, and, and they really do need to comb that data carefully. There's a lot to look at. And I know that because as a breeder, I, 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 I have to look at it myself. But, you know, they need to be students uh, of, of, the, of the information that's, be, that's being made available. With that many varieties, you know, there's a lot of information. So it just takes more time to get through it all. But uh, it's not going to be a simple decision. I would think they need to know, know their farm operation. And know the farm operation but, and, and know where they're trying to go with that operation. Know what their limits are. Uh, is, is the decision to, to put a fungicide on, is that, is that automatic? Well, if it's not, that's definitely going to change your decision-making process on a variety. So um, a lot of things to, to, to comprehend, but I think the decision aids are there. Primarily through our extension service. I, I give them a lot of credit for making that available. Thanks, Brett. Dr. Brett Carver, the lead of the Wheat Improvement Team at OSU. On the Oklahoma Farm Report, that's your Ag Perspectives Podcast. I'm Ron Hayes.